Well, do keep that passage open in front of you as we look at the start of Luke's Gospel. Wonderful news. Before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your word. And we thank you that it speaks to us of that first Christmas. And we pray that as we look now at this passage, that you would open our eyes to see how we can respond to the good news of Jesus. And we ask it in his name. Amen. Well, the man rushed in with the news, and it was good news. He told everyone about the radio message that he'd received. He'd been told in that message that a helicopter would rescue them in 15 minutes. Then they could escape this civil war. All they had to do was go outside and gather in the park behind the building they were in. The chopper would pick them up from there and fly them to safety. But some responded to the good news with scepticism. Why would they send a chopper for us, they said. Well, the man replied by pointing out that the radio message had come with the correct UN code. But what if someone's captured the code and is setting up a trap, they said. Well, the man pointed out that the code was... Uh, changed regularly and it was very secure but still they didn't quite trust the news in the end there was only a small handful of people who gathered in the park behind the building and the others stayed in the building and watched as the chopper came in picked up the few and took them to safety as they were left behind waiting as the enemy soldiers closed in. It's hard to know how to respond to good news sometimes. Sometimes it seems like the news is too good to be true. Sometimes the news seems unbelievable, even when it is true news. If you've ever doubted good news, then... You're not alone because we see in today's passage that Zechariah found it hard in Luke chapter 1. In verses 11 to 17, Zechariah receives good news from the angel. It is the news that he and his wife will finally have a child in their old age. And any couple who has struggled to become pregnant will appreciate how good that news is. In fact, the phrase good news is probably not strong enough to describe how good that news is. Uh, amazing news would probably be better. Stupendous news. It is amazingly fantastic news. And yet, Zechariah's response isn't positive. Have a look at verse 18 again with me. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. So Zechariah's response here, as you can see, is unbelief. He doesn't think what God has promised is actually possible. And he points 
to the age of he and his wife. And he asks, how can he be sure? When the presence of the angel in front of him should be proof enough. He seems to be asking for some kind of a miracle as a proof so that he can be assured, despite the miracle of an angel standing right there in front of him. It's as if he's saying to God, okay, God, then prove it. Expecting that God can't. Zechariah responds with unbelief to the good news that God gives him. I wonder if you've ever met someone who said to you, if God were just to do a miracle for me, then I'd believe and become a Christian. And that's a very similar response to Zechariah's response. It's where they don't believe the good news of Jesus despite the evidence in front of them. For, of course, God has done a miracle for them, hasn't he? For what greater miracle could God do other than raising Jesus from the dead? And the evidence of the resurrection is there to examine, and it is overwhelming evidence. To ask for another miracle is therefore unreasonable. It's doing what Zechariah is doing. And it invites God's judgment just as it did for Zechariah. And here it comes in verse 19. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. You read those words and you go, ouch, at the end of them. God's response to Zechariah's unbelief is judgment. And the judgment on Zechariah is that he loses his ability to speak until the baby is born. And this is actually a mercy from God in one sense. The, the judgment could have been much, much worse. The judgment for failing to believe in Jesus, is far worse. John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. Friends, the punishment for those who fail to believe in Jesus is to forfeit eternal life. It's to be like those who didn't believe the UN chopper was coming until it was too late. The rescuer rescues someone else and they are left in their predicament. Those who refuse to believe in Jesus, in spite of the evidence that God has provided, aren't saved by Jesus from death and judgment. And so the cost of unbelief is high. But what is the other response that we can have to the good news? Well, it's actually modelled for us by Mary in the rest of the passage. Because Mary's response is the opposite of Zechariah's response. She asks questions, but simply to understand. 
And her response is summed up in verse 38. So look at verse 38 again with me. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary's response is to believe what the angel said to her. And that's why she submits to God's will in verse 38. Unlike Zechariah, she doesn't ask for a sign or a miracle. The word of the angel is enough. And she is like one of those characters in a movie who says, your word is my command, and then rushes off to do what is supposed to be done. She is satisfied with the evidence that is given to her. And it's worth thinking for a moment what it meant for Mary to agree to God's plan. Mary was unmarried, and to become pregnant mysteriously would have meant great shame in her society. She may well have lost her fiancé, Joseph, once the pregnancy became known. All these would have been fears in the back of her mind. There is great cost involved in Mary saying yes at this point. And yet she does. She agrees to bear the child, just as the angel says. Her trust in God is betrayed by her obedient actions. Her response is to believe the good news that God gives her. And the consequences of her belief, well, you can see that in verse 45. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary is blessed by God. The most obvious blessing, an immediate blessing, is that she bears God's son. And there can hardly be a greater honour for an ancient woman than, than that. But friends, the most profound blessing is the blessing that comes to all who believe in God's way of salvation to all who believe in Jesus. For as John 3.36 makes clear, Mary receives eternal life. Even though Mary dies, she will live again in heaven forever. And friends, this is the great blessing for all who respond in faith to the good news of Jesus. Those who trust Jesus with their lives get life forever with him. Now, that decision is also not without cost. But what price can we put on eternal life? It is worth any cost that might come. Any shame or unpopularity or exclusion is nothing compared to heaven. And so, friends, let me ask you this Christmas, how will you respond to the good news of Jesus? Will you be like Zechariah and ignore the evidence that's right there in front of you and not believe? Or will you be like Mary and believe and trust in Jesus despite the cost to her? 
friends, at Christmas time we hear the good news that a Saviour is born. But it really is only good news if we believe it. So let us respond rightly with faith to the good news of Jesus and be saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that all those years ago, you sent your son Jesus to be born in a manger, to grow up and then to die on a cross for the sins of the world. We thank you that, as your scriptures tell us, when we believe in him, we are forgiven for all our sin and we enjoy life forever with you in heaven. Thank you for that wondrous salvation and thank you that it is so freely available And we pray, Heavenly Father, that by your Holy Spirit, you would cause us all to choose to believe the good news you've given us. That we would trust Jesus, be forgiven, and then live forever with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.